Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Vikings are poised for a bounce back tonight despite losing to the Bucks last week. Also, Austin Eckler breaks down the shocking loss to the Dolphins and the Mets made the best move they can make to contend next year. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. The Minnesota Vikings lost a shocker at home in week one to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as favorites, 20-17 to 17 against Baker Mayfield and company. And for their troubles, they get to go on a short week and face the defending NFC champions. <laughs> it is Vikings and Eagles on Thursday night. Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings joins me now. And, and Luke, let's start with what went wrong for Minnesota in week one. Turnovers. It's the simplest thing ever. Don't fumble you in the game. They outgained the Buccaneers by a huge margin. They were down in the red zone twice, uh, threw an interception once, fumbled once, had another strip sack happen in the first half. They could have gone into halftime 24 to 10 and the Bucs feeling like they're out, completely out of it. Um, I mean, look, they gave up 20 points on defense and they turned the ball over three times on offense. The fix is simple. We don't have to think very hard. Yeah. Protect the ball. You win the game. And and actually, defensively, they only allowed 3.6 yards per play to Tampa Bay. They put up 5.9 yards per play on offense. If you just look at the underlying numbers, this should have been a butt kicking for the Vikings. So, okay, the sky's not falling. And I think that's the, the vibe in the building is like they're looking at that going, look, we did a lot of things correctly. We don't have to make any giant wholesale changes. We're going to stay the course here. We just have to protect the ball, but things are going to come around. Okay, so they've got to come around this week against the Philadelphia Eagles, who did not look Eagles. great themselves in week yeah. one, albeit against a really good New England Patriots defense, at least we think at this point. So in this matchup, what what can they do against Philly that they didn't do against Tampa Bay? Um, Coverage-wise, I think they can stay in middle of field close a little bit more behind their blitzes. Uh, that is something that, that the Patriots did that seemed to give the Eagles quite a bit of trouble. Mm. When they would blitz, they would go single high, cover one, off man. And that's what the Vikings typically like to live in. For whatever reason, they had some game plan thing where against the Bucks, they like to back off into like cover two kind of things um, behind their blitzes. But that didn't ha work as well, especially down the stretch when they really struggled to get off the field and the, the Bucks started to eat clock. Um, but I think they can steal a lot of the, uh, defensive stuff that Belichick did because the Vikings live in the same universe with the same lingo and the same toolkit, um, that the Patriots have. I mean, it's Flores, right? It comes off of that tree. So I think they can just kind of copy paste a lot of that and say, okay, Eagles, did you figure out an answer? I'm wondering about balance on offense for Minnesota, 44 passes from Kirk cousins, just 14 running back runs. Is is that manageable? Is that is that a, a winning formula for this team moving forward? It certainly can be, but those 14 runs need to not be throwaway downs. They spent a lot of effort this offseason in um changing the the way that they approach the run schematically, 
changing the skill players that they had to sort of uh, to to right, no Dalvin that. Cook, no Dalvin Cook, right? And they kind of just don't care. They're saying, okay, we're going to do a committee, and that's going to be fine, right? Running backs don't matter. That's the we got the analytics GM. I mean, come on. Um, but bringing in Josh Oliver, committing f- more fully to a fullback uh, in CJ Ham and all that, and then trying to use lead blockers a lot more. Um, but I think it's O'Connell's still O'Connell. He still wants to throw the ball. Uh, I, and you know, we're not going to suddenly become the Dan Campbell lions where we want to make our identity as a, as a ground team, but you need some kind of run game. You need it to control the clock. You need it to, uh, control the pace of the game. You need it to, uh, set up play action in places. You, you, you need to be able to run the ball and those can't be throwaway downs. Um, so those 14 plays being bad still has an outsized impact. They got to figure that out. But from a volumes perspective, yeah, they they, they could be 75, 25 all year. And I think they'd probably be fine with that. Stay up to date all year on the Minnesota Vikings by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Vikings on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, just how shocking was the Chargers' loss to the Dolphins? We get a first-hand perspective from star running back Austin Eckler. Before we get to that, though, Aaron Rodgers gives us a thought on his future. Modern medical care and treatment are crucial. But our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out the online form, and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then they send you your prescriptions to one of your partner pharmacies, where Jace orders will be filled and mailed directly to your home. And not only that, you can send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medicals offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using my code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Aaron Rodgers will miss the rest of the season with his torn Achilles, in case you hadn't heard. This raises questions about the future of the newly minted quarterback of the New York Jets, who is going to be 40 years old when he's rehabbing a serious injury. For the moment, it would seem he addressed these questions on Instagram. He posted a long message that included, The night is darkest before the dawn. I shall rise yet again. Rogers' comments came shortly after Jets coach Robert Sala and owner Woody Johnson both indicated they expect the four-time MVP to return in 2024. Not sure why Rogers felt the need to channel his inner Harvey Dent, but it would seem you can expect him to be running the Jets' offense next season. At least for now. Maybe he'll flip a coin. Three key Philadelphia Eagles players, running back Kenneth Gainwell, cornerback James Bradbury, and safety Reed Blankenship have been ruled out of Thursday's home opener against the Minnesota Vikings. Bradbury remains in concussion protocol, while Gainwell and Blankenship are dealing with rib injuries. Defensive tackle Fletcher Cox also has a rib injury and is listed as questionable. For those of you interested in the fantasy football impact of it all, the loss of Gainwell should lead to a bigger role for DeAndre Swift. Getting Swift more involved was already on Coach Nick Sirianni's radar after the running back finished with just two touches in the opener. The NBA Board of Governors unanimously voted Wednesday 
to approve tougher resting policy rules and punishments for star players who sit out games. The new policy includes those games on national TV and in-season tournaments, as well as multiple All-Stars sitting out together for regular season games. The rule would ultimately give the league office authority for greater oversight over discipline for missed games and the ability to fine teams more than a million dollars for each instance of violations for resting players. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said the player participation policy is something that the NBA, the NBA PA, and individual players and teams all want to return to that principle that this is an 82-game league. Nobody told the Clippers, apparently. On the diamond, the Atlanta Braves clinched their sixth straight division title. This is one of those nights, again, as I mentioned, one of the steps you want to take along the way of accomplishing the dream of being World Series champions. And the Atlanta Braves, they put a lot of value on this NL East title. Yeah, and they should. I mean, it's it's not easy, uh, obviously, although the Braves have made it look so much, especially this year, doing it as early as they have. But, you know, winning a sixth consecutive National League East title and doing it in the fashion that they have done this year, I think makes it a little bit different. I mean, it was pretty much domination from beginning to end. It really does. This has felt much more like a, you know, bell to bell, wire to wire. I mean, there were some places where you felt like, well, maybe the club's wavering just a little bit, but right about the time those thoughts would creep into your mind, well, they'd go on another winning streak or they'd have a month of June the way that they did, or they'd turn around the month of August and turn themselves right back into the powerhouse that they've shown themselves to be from pretty much opening day on. And they've done it despite some injuries, some inconsistencies, and they've also done it on the strength of an incredible lineup and a lot of next man up mentality that has helped this club to do what it's done so far, again, with many miles left to travel. And the Colorado Rockies notched their second straight win over the Chicago Cubs. Rock on Rockies fans, Paul Holden here from the Locked on Rockies podcast. Back-to-back wins for the first time since mid-August for the Colorado Rockies. And it's thanks to Chris Bryant's return and the young guys and the long ball. The Rockies played stellar defense in this series and have highlighted why Brenton Doyle is one of the, if not the best outfield defender in all of baseball. And Nolan Jones is doing great things. Aylaris Montero continues to swing a hot bat. And the Rockies, like I said, get their first back-to-back series win win well not series win but back-to-back wins and a series win for the first time since mid-august as they take down the chicago cubs in two out of three the dreaded san francisco giants heading to town next the Rockies still looking for their first nl west series win of the year can they get it and plunge san francisco's playoff hopes we'll see we'll be breaking it all down right here on locked on rockies is another story you need to know. The LA Chargers lost in dramatic fashion to the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Chargers running back Austin Eckler joined Locked On Chargers host David Drogemeyer and Daniel Wade to break down the game. Um, but yeah, man, week one, you know, we came out uh, swinging. Uh, I think so there was some good and some bad in there. Obviously, you know, I ended up uh, getting banged up a little bit there, my ankle there at the end of the game. And, you know, it's it's part of football. And unfortunately, you know, we kind of saw with, you know, Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff, right? Nobody is safe from injury in the NFL, um, you know? And um, when you get the ball in your hand a lot, guess what? You as well are not safe. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up, you know, messing up my ankle a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where we try to get back as soon as we can. And hopefully you're not, you know, out at all. And if you are out, hopefully, hey, it's not too long. 
But I do want to talk about just the game, obviously, the season, the way it ended last year. And then, you know, you're looking so much forward to getting that first win, getting back on track. It doesn't happen. So how important do you think it is for this team to kind of go on a run to give you guys that confidence that you are a good team and you can still do something special in 2023? Yeah. Uh, in the NFL, you're you're judged on winning and, lo- and losing. That's the NFL. They don't care if, if we lost if we lost every single game by two points, we, people would say that this team sucked. Right. Yeah. You know, they, they don't matter. It doesn't matter how you win or if you lost like, you know, the, the Giants did by 40. Like, it doesn't matter. It's a loss. Like, they can come back and win by 40 next week. I think two years ago when we were making our playoff our playoff run with, with Herb and Joe and Staley's first year, I think we lost to the Ravens like 42 to 7 or something like that. But at the end, we're right there getting ready for, you know, a playoff win and ended up losing when the Raiders kicked a field goal on us instead of uh, taking a knee. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> and so, like, it's not – it's not everything, you know, to to make sure that, oh, yeah, you win the first game, you win every single game, but obviously you don't want to lose any games. Uh, but it's good to see, you know, I think our offense is playing at a high level. We need to get our defense uh, rolling a little bit. Offense, we can still clean up some stuff, you know, at the end of the game. Our two-minute drive wasn't that great um, to go and seal it and give ourselves a chance to win with a field goal. And um, so that's that's football. That's what makes it so great. There's so many different variances of it, but uh, I like where we're at right now, and uh, I'm glad we didn't lose by 40. Uh, <laughs> Me too. That's a diff- that is the different feeling. Um, oh, than, yeah. than losing by two for sure. <laughs> yeah, obviously, offensively, you know, like you mentioned, you guys kind of didn't really end the way you really wanted to. But overall, the offense looked fantastic under new offensive coordinator Colin Moore. And considering it was only the first game, do you guys think you have a chance to be even better than what we saw on Sunday? Ooh, it's that's a great question because it's like, how do you define what is better? Because it's not, it's not, it's not black and white, right? right. Like, does it's better scoring 40, 40 points next week or scoring more than 34, or is it just winning the game? You know, um, so yes, want to be better, but I think it's more of a philosophical question of like perspective, <laughs> like what is better? Cause yeah. I'm going to come out, I'm going to try to play as consistent as I possibly can. Yeah. And I know the rest of my teammates are as well, but there's going to be new challenges that are in front of us. So we're not going to be able to, you know, compare apples to apples necessarily. Um, so I would say when it, I based off of the conversation I just had a little bit before this, we need to play better because we need to win. So whatever, yeah. if we win, then yes, we played better. If we lose, we didn't play better. That's kind of how it goes. So yeah, we That's, need to play better. <laughs> it's definitely fair. Well, we'll be quick at this last one because I know you got to get out of here, but you were calling for a long time for another running back behind you to kind of step up and take that mantle of RB2. And it feels like Joshua Kelly's done that and he had a great game, probably his best game as a charger in this last game. What have you seen from him over his few years since when he started in 2020? Yeah, man, this guy's been making some strides and, you know, it's showing up. It's showing up in the preseason when we had like record breaking preseason rushing Crazy. numbers. Yeah. And, you know, there's been this the stigma around our, our building where it's like, hey, like we can't run the ball. Why can't we run the ball? Let's run the ball. Yeah. And so guess what we did? Dang it. We ran the flipping ball. You know, yeah. and that's why I got to remind you to go freaking vote for me on NFL.com you know, <laughs> yeah, forward slash FedEx, you know, for ground player of the week. So I can help, you know, provide some scholarships out here. But right now, uh, you know, when it comes down to to running the ball and right, getting this ground game established, I think it's so important for us because we know the receivers that we have. So we know we're going to be able to throw it. And, you know, you're going to have games where you're going to lean heavily on, on one or the other based off the defense you're facing. And, you know, when you're playing a cover eight team like we saw last week, your running backs and tight ends got to come alive stay up to date on the la chargers by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on chargers on your favorite podcast app and on youtube coming up the mets made the most important move they can make to be contenders next year this has not been the mets year 
I may have said that before. This year, Steve Cohen made a huge investment into the team and it did not pay off. Now the Mets have hired David Stearns to be the president of baseball operations. As Ryan Finkelstein says on Locked on Mets, this is the best move they could have made heading into next season. This is massive news for the New York Mets. This is, again, the best thing that's happened to this franchise since Steve Cohen took it over. It's that simple because as much as Francisco Lindor was a great trade and a good contract, as much as you know, you like the other free agent signings the Mets made, you know, signing Max Scherzer to eventually win 101 games last year, or you know, the Kodai Singa sign that's worked out great, or extending Brandon Nimmo, Edwin Diaz, whatever it is, whatever you know, good news that you want to bottle up in the last three years in the Steve Cohen era, this is the one that, in my opinion, will hold the most value moving forward. This is the one that hopefully will put the Mets on a path to not only contention, but perennial contention. I would be a little more convinced of this if David Stern's tenure in Milwaukee hadn't ended the way that it did. And it's not as like Steve Cohen is not going to maximize his opportunities at all times. When you can just buy your way out of problems, the marginal advantages that you can gain from the analytics of it all they're not quite as important. When you can just give Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander the bag, uh, I don't know how much of an edge that Harvard education is really providing. At the same time, this is about building a farm system. It's about evaluating talent. It's about hiring the right people and putting the right processes in place. When David Stearns went to Milwaukee, he was one of the most sought after personnel people in the game. Still, it seems to me that if we're talking about the biggest moves that could have been made, well, I can think of Max Scherzer in the past. I can think of Justin Verlander in the past. So even if it is the case that this is the biggest move that they could have made heading into the next season, the big moves that they've made that were the biggest moves they could have made heading into next season haven't exactly paid off so far for the New York Mets. And finally, the main man involved in taking down the quarterback found it strange he wasn't protected better. Michael Parsons joined everyone watching Sunday Night Football who was confused as to why Daniel Jones wasn't pulled from the Giants' season-opening loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas sacked Jones seven times and constantly pressured the New York quarterback in Sunday night's 40 to nothing blowout. Parsons said Tuesday on his podcast, it's called protecting your guy, something I thought the Giants should have done. Maybe he was just looking forward to sacking someone else for a change in the fourth. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, will the Eagles begin the season 2-0? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.